0: Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When men ignore health warnings, and in this case, symptoms of prostate health issues, it can and does lead to metastasized prostate cancer if you ignore it long enough. Metastasized prostate cancer is immediately classified as stage four, and that's my reality. Diagnosed in February of this year. I actually talked about the stage four aspect of it for the first time yesterday. There are remarkable and effective, very new, and significantly life extending medical treatments available, with more in the pipeline. Now, for Todd Seals, and you'll find him at toddseals63.blogspot.com, at age 42, diagnosed with stage four metastatic prostate cancer and given just months to live. This was well before the newest drugs became available. Seventeen years later, Todd is very much alive, and while the cancer remains a threat, Todd Seals has become a much-talked-about and written-about survivor motivator as well as contributor to U.S. World News Report. I had an opportunity to get to know Todd, and then I spoke with him. On Thursday, we recorded the conversation. And I want you to hear, Woman on. It's going to take up most of this hour. It's not all. It's not all dark. There's a lot of laughter, a lot of humor in this as well. Have a listen, Todd. Firstly, it's uh, really important that you're on the air with me on uh, on this radio program. You and I, I think, have become friends, good friends, over the last couple of months, certainly weeks. We've had lots of personal conversations, long conversations on the phone, and I thank you for everything that you've done for me. And I know that our listeners, particularly the men who are struggling with prostate cancer or metastasized prostate cancer, are going to get a lot out of this. Um, You and I are living with the same prostate cancer issues, metastasis, and at stage four, my listeners have he, are hearing this for the first time, that my cancer is at stage four. Uh, you, were, you were given months, only months to live in 2007, and you are 42 years of age. What were your symptoms before the diagnosis? How, how, did, you, how, how did you find out?
1: Oh, well,
2: you know, at 42, uh, you're, you're never really looking, you know, for, pro, uh, for prostate cancer. I, I mean, I thought it was an old man's disease uh, I was wrong, <laughs> but, um, you know, in hindsight, I can say, yeah, there were, there were subtle side effects. Um, but nothing that you'd really pick right up on, um, as, as being an issue. I mean, other than, than age, um, I would have a weak urine stream, particularly in the mornings. Well, I'm 42 years old. I'm kind of used to that anyway. Uh, it wasn't until I started urinating blood that I realized that I had an issue. Um, I mean, yeah, I, 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 I'm a mechanic, uh, or I was a mechanic. Uh, I, I have, you know, I have to be crawling into really tight positions. So, you know, I developed sciatica about a year prior to that. And, uh, and as it turns out, that was a symptom because once I started treatment, the pain went away. But you know, you just don't know, and and so you have to you have to be aware of your own your own health, I guess. You have to be in tune with your body and, and listen to it. And as guys, we're we're really prone to just shrugging stuff off. We never even give it a thought, you know. Yep, I go to work with bloody knuckles and stitches, and it, and it, and it's okay. So uh, we need to, in one aspect, be more like women, and in the aspect that
0: we need to listen to our bodies. Yes, we do. You know, I did the same thing. I've I mentioned this on the air. I've spoken about this on the air. Well, I had a y- urine um, stream that was getting weaker and weaker, and I just wrote it off as being you know, part of aging and made all sorts of excuses, didn't bother to have it checked out. And the next thing I know, I've got this um, prostate cancer and metastasis going on. Uh, how did you, um, uh, how did you react to the news when, like, when they told you? I, I know because we've talked and I read the lengthy piece about you in men's health magazine in 2019, but what do you, what do you remember about your reaction to the news? And they particularly only give you months to live. Uh, well, I, god it's been a long time Well, <laughs> no, that's good i mean that's good that's the, the, there's some context to that you know if you can get to the it's, stage where you say geez i don't really don't remember it's been a long time we want to hear that from 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 cancer patients it's been a long time it's been a long time a it's long it's time 17 years
2: fantastic um 17 years that, I, that i've lived with you know metastatic prostate cancer and for the last uh 12 years, it's been, uh, uh, hormone refractory, uh, uh you know, um, whatever you want to call it. Um, there's, it has so many different names, but basically, you know, my cancer no longer responded to hormone therapy, but to get back to your original question, I think I was like most men. I was, I was in shock. I was in disbelief. um, you know, normally you get called into a doctor's office and, uh, they sit you down and and they tell you what's what. And, and, you know, at least you're sitting down, (laughs) at least you have your doctor there. Um, I found out on a phone call, Oh Uh, uh, I was actually at work when my primary care provider called me and, and he let me know. He said, but you know, to, to his, You know, not to discredit him, because he is an amazing doctor, but we knew something was wrong. Something was seriously wrong. Uh, I had, nine months previous to that, I had gone to the hospital because I had pneumonia, and they had done a chest x-ray, you know, standard for diagnosing pneumonia. And the, the radiation tech said, or the doctor, after he read the scans, uh or read the screen, the slides, whatever the heck they are. <laughs> he uh he said, look, you know, you've got this little nodule here and and it's a pulmonary, you know, it could be a pulmonary embolism, they're very common, but um you really should have it checked, you know, after you've recovered from this spout of pneumonia. And all my male brains heard was probably nothing. <laughs> That's right. I hear, embolism, I hear you. I hear you. They're not pulmonary <laughs> embolism. A nodule. Pulmonary yeah. nodule. I yeah. don't want to. I don't want to say it, it's a blood clot. It was a pulmonary nodule. It sounds sounds common.
0: sounds so. sounds like something you can just ignore, doesn't it? Just for a guy. It
2: sounds like something you probably shouldn't ignore, but you shouldn't. But, but you. Did.
0: But you can because yeah. you're a guy.
2: Yeah. So at that time, I went to my to my doctor um, when I had went in for for. Uh, for blood in my urine, and it wasn't just a little bit. Um, I, I was urinating blood, and, uh, and uh, I told my primary care provider about that event that had occurred and, uh, nine months previous, and he was very angry. He says, you never had it checked? Oh, no, he said it's probably nothing. And so he, he sent me for a chest x-ray. Well, when my uh, chest X-ray came back, um, my lungs were covered um, with prostate cancer uh, oh, nodules. Oh my goodness! Um, so you can look at, you can think maybe Chester Cheetah, the the mascot for Cheetos, um, how he's got all of his spots. Well, that's kind of how my slides look. Oh, my and uh, that's are my films. That's how my films looked. And so he sent me down for a blood test and. When it came back, my PSA was over thirty two hundred. Uh, wow! And, and and so the next <laughs> um, several months, you know, it was it was just more bad news after more bad news. When you do bone scans, CT scans, and and uh, and so you asked me how, how I felt. Um, overwhelmed. Yeah. Overwhelmed, like um ripped off. I felt so ripped off. Yeah. I, know I had just really gotten my life back on track after uh well after uh after personal issues um basically ended my life in, in a lot of aspects. I mean, to be honest, I didn't care for a while if I was to check out or not. Mm-hmm. And but I had just gotten in my life together. Um, man, I'd met someone. Uh, I I mean, everything was coming back on track. And, uh, and so it was really a good time except for this diagnosis. But what I didn't realize at the time was this diagnosis was going to be one of the most Signific- significant best things that ever happened to me. This diagnosis changed my life. This diagnosis showed me what was important. It showed me that every day is a gift. And, and you know, when you're, when you're immortal, like I was a week previous to that, uh, I didn't have a care in the world. I could waste as much time as I wanted to waste. There was always tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And then you get this diagnosis,
1: and all of a sudden, maybe you don't have tomorrow. And you look at today and go, God, it's a nice day,
2: you know? And, and you start seeing people differently, and you see yourself differently. And I guess I took the advice of Tim McGraw when he wrote the song, Live Like You Were Dying.
0: You know, course, I, was list- I, I, was listening, I was listening to that song this morning.
2: It's a, it's a great song. It is a great song. I'm never going to get on a bull. I'll just tell
0: you that right <laughs> no, now. I'm no, because really... you— are
2: only two guys of <laughs> are crazy, and one of them getting on a bull.
0: <laughs> Not with an enlarged prostate you don't get on a bull. <laughs> hey, Todd, uh, I, I want to talk about the lady who played an amazing part and plays an amazing part in your life in just a second. But your treatment has been complicated. And because while medications can turn the cancer docile, which is my case now, it does eventually figure out a way around the blocks the medications put in place. It must have been so difficult to deal with improvement and then the cancer coming back again, different treatments. What was that like for you?
2: Um, wow. You know, the first, I did pretty good for the first, I don't know, forty years. I, they started me with ADT2, so androgen deprivation therapy with Lupron and Casodex, or commonly referred to as bicalutamide. Um, so it was standard, it was standard um, treatment for metastatic prostate cancer, mostly because it was all they had at the time. Uh, they had Lupron. There were some, some old treatments out there that, that um, may... May or may not have worked, but at the time they didn't really work any better than the LuPron. Um, they would be more like a sidestep. If if the cancer had found a way around the loop, the the androgen blockade, then you could throw a different androgen at it, and it would knock it back up. You know, knock it back a step or whatever. But all they had other than that at the time was uh, was the chemotherapy. So. Um, I started with the with the androgen deprivation and and it worked really good for three and a half years and then when it's the cancer when the p s a started to creep back up again, they took me off of the caseexs um and and that knocked the cancer back a step as well um eighteen months later it was it was coming around again my p s a was rising and
1: I want to think about this for a second. I just want to pause for a second. Um, science had been in the process of of, of new medications.
2: Um, you know, prostate cancer was getting a lot of attention at the time, uh, both through uh, the prostate cancer research project and also uh, you know through the National Cancer Institute. There was a lot of money being thrown at it and there were several uh, new treatments that were basically coming out the pipe all at the same time within, within a year of each other. And, you know, for prostate cancer medications to have three coming out in a year, that's basically at the same time. Um, extendies and there was a, there was a, Therapy coming out that was really new. Uh, it was it, it was different. Uh, it was called Provenge, and it was what they called the first cancer vaccine. And and I guess in the truest sense of the word, yes, it, it, it's a vaccine. Um, but I was intrigued. Uh, cancer had already caused me to change my entire life—the uh, way I eat, um, the way I, the way I. Uh, approach every day, um, and and I had felt good for five years. Now my PSA is climbing up, and because Provenge was basically the first one to be um, FDA approved, and Zytiga was real close. I think they were in committee at the time, and everybody knew it was going to get approved. Um, I. Really wanted to go for Provenge, and I had a hard time getting that medication. Um, I had to fight for it, but I believed in it, and and I and I just felt like having my immune system fired up and in the fight, um, you know, would probably be paramount to anything that followed. So um, I fought for it, and and I. Ultimately, it took like ten months, but ultimately, I was uh, awarded Provenge therapy, and I received it in May of 2012. Um, so, when we were done, when I was done on my on my final uh, my final infusion day, uh, <laughs> I bought a
0: boat. <laughs> good for you!
1: I, I told I my love wife, this story. "Honey, honey, this is I so promise good. I will <laughs> pay so it off. my promise."
0: You know, I have to say this, what you're, what you're doing, this conversation we're having now is kind of like the conversations we've had privately. And I find it inspiring living with what I have. And they're telling me, you know, you've got some years and then we have new meds coming down the pipe and they'll extend your life beyond that. And I appreciate that. But when you make a decision that goes beyond the time frame that most people would consider reasonable, like I'm going to buy a boat. Yeah, I have uh, metastatic <laughs> prostate cancer. It's stage four. In two thousand and seven, they gave me a few months to live, but now I'm buying a boat. I love that story. It's just inspiring. Did you know how to drive well, a boat?
2: Oh yeah. I'm just ju- I'm just
0: kidding. I'm just joking.
2: Uh, I could just never afford one. Yeah, yeah. And technically, I couldn't afford it, but the bank could. <laughs>
0: You know what? Technically.
2: We have to to give ourselves a reason to live.
0: Yes, sir. Emotion plays a major part. We have to have a reason to live. So can I stop you right there for a second? Yeah. Because when you say you have to have a reason to live, that makes me want to ask you about your wife. Because I know, (laughs) I know, I know personally from conversations with you, but please share it with our listeners across this country and beyond. Tell us about your wife.
2: Oh, God, I hate her. <laughs> and and I mean that really in all jest. Um, Amanda and I had met about a year prior to my
1: diagnosis.
2: And, uh, you know, she was, she was a little younger than me. So I have to admit it, you know, for a while, it was like, God, is this weird or not? But it didn't matter. I mean, I guess age is just, really is just a number. Um, we, it, it, it's like we were just two halves of the same coin. Um, we completed each other in, in every way. Um, we were, we were passionate. We were head over heels in love. And by golly, a year later, I, I get diagnosed with this disease and Come on, we've got metastatic cancer, we, prostate
1: cancer. We know things are going to change. Um, so I was just like, you know, sweetheart,
2: you didn't sign up for this. You know, this isn't going to be a fun ride. You, you can get out. And she wouldn't hear any of it. She, she wouldn't hear a word of it. Um, she went out and she bought me a kayak. And then she went out and she bought me a a bicycle she made me use them <laughs> but the thing is, is is she was it was everything i needed at yeah. the time and and i didn't even know it but she did yeah. and, and she's always just had that intuition where she knows what i need before i need it um going out um when you're on androgen deprivation uh i just call it hormones so when you're on hormones Things are messed up. I, I mean, it's just messed up. Your, your body doesn't work well. You're tired. My God, you get so tired. Some people deal with severe depression, uh, weight gain, hot flashes, moody uh, mood swings. Uh, God, I mean, I used to be able to uh, watch chick flicks. And action movies with equal enthusiasm. I mean, my goodness,
0: <laughs> I was messed up. Oh man, you're too much. <laughs> she got me out there every day. Let's, Wonderful honey, lady. let's go
2: for a hike. Let's, let's go for a bicycle ride. Let's, yeah. let, you know, and this is between, you know, you and your daughters. I recommend finding a really comfortable seat. If this is an avenue you want to approach, but, um, You know, she was just, she was crucial, I believe. I believe my wife was crucial in my success to date against this disease because she has daily shown me how beautiful life can be. If only we just open up our eyes and see it. Um, (laughs) Seeing the world through my wife's eyes made it all new again. all
1: of
0: that this is wonderful to, to hear. You. Yeah. Yeah, it's wonderful so. to hear. I, I know how, from our conversations, how important your wife is to you. Now, another aspect to this is men supporting men. So we are not very good, as we pointed out, at following up on symptoms because we know it's all just temporary. We'll heal ourselves. We don't want to share anything with anybody. I'm okay. Don't bother me. That was my attitude. I'm okay. Don't bother me. I'm fine. But you- <laughs> I wish that was exactly the way I said. Yeah, it. you are. I'm. Yeah, you fine. are. Fine. You're fine. <laughs> my friend, my friend Cynthia said to me. So she came over to talk to me when I was, I was about three days away from being rushed to the hospital in, in the ER where they didn't think I was going to survive the day. And I, I, during our conversation, she said, you said to me, I don't remember any of this, but she said, I said, why are you questioning me? Why are you in, in what's the inquisition about? And, and I had got i had gotten so far that I wasn't even aware anymore of what was going on, but I didn't have the wherewithal to ask for help, Todd. And that's what a lot of guys find themselves in. But you've been telling me about a group of men who've gotten together, you found out about, and it's a a support group uh, of men. And you get together on on an annual trip, and I'm going on the next one. So (laughs) how—I know you're going to Nollins, and so I'm going to Nollins with you. (laughs) What's— (laughs) how important is the male support um availability when you have this disease or i would imagine any other serious disease that is threatening your life um
2: you know we need a community Um, and we don't know it because most of the time we pretend that we can just be the lone wolf but uh we, we need a community. Um, nobody can understand what, what we as men are going through during the course of dealing with this disease better than men who who are going through exactly what you're going through and, and are willing to look at it with humor and humility. Um, it's it's paramount that you have that in your life. You, without it, you can go crazy. Um, I actually, you know, I found these guys just googling at work one night when I had some downtime. I was on graveyard shift. It was two in the morning, and I typed into Google, "How long am I going to live with uh, stage four prostate cancer?" Because they'd already told me I had a year
1: or less, and uh, and this this forum this. Uh, and this patient to patient forum popped
2: up on the screen uh, in the search engine, uh, healingwell.com, prostate cancer. And I thought, well, you know, I mean, all the other stuff I've read is negative. Maybe I'll just click on this. And I typed in, How long am I going to live with metastatic prostate cancer? And I had like 10 replies in five minutes. And all of them were like, positive and uplifting and man, sorry, you, uh, sorry that you've got this disease, but man, we're really glad you found it. And these guys became an extended portion of my family. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, one, somebody said, Hey, we should all get together. We should meet. And it, it happened and it was amazing. And our wives go, I, I mean, they have a ladies day and, and, uh, we hold a meeting. So we just get together. It used to be twice a year, but some, some of us are getting older and that's, that's not a bad thing. Um,
0: no, it isn't.
2: So it, it, it it's, it's annual now. And typically it's one year in New York and then one year in, uh, in, uh, in uh, New Orleans, or actually, uh, that's closer to uh, Baton Rouge. But mm-hmm. um, it's, it's a little place called Burley, <laughs> I and mean, it's, it's not a very big place. <laughs> but, you know, we spend a few days in New Orleans when we go down there, and, uh, and then we go to our get-together. Um, it's called GFMPH, and if you ever want to know what that stands for, it's good for my prostate health. And it goes something like this. Gosh, honey, I really think a boat would be good for my prostate (laughs) health because if you have to have this disease, you might as well get something out of it.
0: (laughs) You are just, you know what? I just feel like I have a brother in arms. Honest to God, I really do. I'm so glad I've met you. uh, I'm going to meet you in person in Nolens next year now. Todd, you've said to me, keep your sense of humor, keep laughing, keep enjoying life. And you do that. You're a musician, a hunter, a fisherman, a boater, an adventurer. So that's so critically important. You and I have had those conversations. So what is your message? This is my final question for you. What's your message to men who are experiencing prostate health issues, like not being able to urinate properly or at all? Which was my case for far too long, or men who are dealing with other symptoms for other illnesses and are doing nothing about it. What's the message from you? You were given months to live, what, seventeen years ago? What's the message?
1: My my message to men would be to listen to your body and realize that let me rephrase this. Men Doggone it. This is this is what I, this, this
2: this kind of happens to me sometimes. I think I call it Lupron brain. But my message to men would be: listen to your body and and see the doctor. Um, men are getting cancer younger, prostate cancer younger. And when you're diagnosed at a younger age, when you still think you're Superman,
1: uh, it's usually more aggressive. It, it spreads faster. It's harder to treat. But if it's caught early, it's, it's 99.9% curable
2: or some, you know, if it's just caught early enough, they can, you're very curable. But once it's got to this point, once you haven't listened to your body, once you've let things go and you get to this point, well, thank God it's, they've made it into, for many men, they've made it into a chronic disease where... We can still live a long time and hopefully live a good life. But listen to your body early. Get cured while
0: you still can. Yeah. Todd Seals, we're lucky to have you. I'm lucky to have you in my life. And all the men listening to this program are lucky to have you in their lives. And I'll tell them where to get started. If you go to menshealth.com and you look up uh, the title, How Todd Seals, overcame a prostate cancer death sentence. That's where I began. That's how I found Todd. How Todd Seals overcame a prostate cancer death sentence. It's a tremendous piece. Todd, thank you very much. We'll talk again, you and I, privately. And uh, book me in New Orleans for next year. I'm going to be there, my friend. I'm looking forward to it. Um, Can I plug my blog? Yes, please do.
2: Okay, I I, I do write a blog. Um, I haven't been active for a while uh simply because I've grown complacent. I mean, let's face it, things are going well. Um but it's at uh uh ToddSeal60, 63blogspotcom and it's living with stage 4 prostate cancer.
1: Todd's...
0: Um I've
2: been keeping keeping it for a few years now and uh and you know, it's good that I don't have anything to write about these days, but there is a lot of information there.
0: Okay, toddseal 63 At
2: blogspot.com.
0: Got it. We'll talk soon. Thank you, Todd, for today. Thanks so much. Thank you. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.